Hey everyone, welcome to every fighter pilot's favorite podcast, Bursting Beijing's Balloons, or as we call it, The Creep Off. In this podcast, each host does nearly half a dozen minutes worth of research and then stretches it out to about 30 minutes of entertainment for you. Then you head over to the subreddit and vote for whoever you thought brought in the creepiest creep, or which host you think can beat off five cops at the same time. Yeah, that might be a recycled joke, but if you're not playing my bits every week, Vinny, I don't know which ones get played on air. You've, you've Send them on time, pieces. asshole. After five losses, the loser has to spin the dread wheel of consequences, which includes funny consequences, such as losing your Patreon money for a month, or having to buy the winner two dozen eggs. Last week, in a show that was somehow different than all the other ones, they took on meth heads. And Carl's creep decided that her baby really needed a good cleaning, while Vinny's creep was helping the world by killing chihuahuas. Anyways, that's all I got for this week. Tucker, out. Attention parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps by creeps for you creeps. I'm your host. The tower of power, too sweet to be sour. The people's champion. Given a big excelsior. True believers. And I'm going to also welcome into the studio my co-host today. We all love to hate him. It's hot. Carla, what people people like me? What do you mean? They love to hate you. Love though. to hate me. What, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? What's happening, Vinny Paulino? I'm great, buddy. Hey, it's Valentine's Day. Well, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Today is Super Chat. It's day. Valentine's Day Eve. No one's getting laid. <laughs> it's Super Chat Day here on the Creep Off, and because it's Valentine's Day week, we are doing the creepiest couple this week. Overdue Vinny. category, bud. For real. I was surprised we didn't hit this one yet. I, I kind of was, too, when I realized we had it available. So there's a lot of ways to go with this. But before we start the competition, yes. let's review mm, last week's to? score. Certainly do, Carl. Do we? Yeah, let's buddy. Vinny, 104 to my 62. <laughs> I am so happy because, Carl, it's just another Winhausen for the Winhausen. And that means that if we put up our properly spelled scoreboard, the one that was not brought to us by the city of Syracuse, yes, that would put me on game point. Oh, fuck me. So I got to win today. Well, yes. And you also have to drive to Gary, Indiana. I know. Oh, I know. Plans are being made, Vinny. Are they? Yes. How? We're, We're making arrangements to make this happen. How are you going to do it? Vinny, Have you decided yet? Don't worry about it, buddy. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of my consequence. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I'm not going to make a, a pickle pizza and, and call it a day like you. That was the most disgusting thing that's oh, ever happened to me. stop it. 
apart from sharing a microphone with you. You probably still have wet dreams about that experience. Nightmares. I don't want to hear it. Very wet nightmares. Wet I nightmares. sweat. <laughs> I sweat. And come. Uh, Carl, here's what I need from you, buddy. What do you need? I need you to ring that goddamn bell and let's get after it because it's contest time. <laughs> Creepiest couple, folks. Everybody knows a, a bunch of these stories. A lot of the creepiest couple stories are told over and over and over again. I get it. Paul Bernardo was a douchebag and Carlo Hamoka was a psycho. They're just all the same stuff over and over again. So I'm going to go after a couple that I really didn't know that much about. And when I found out the details of this story, it has a little bit of everything. Oh, good. So my creeps today are Phil and Nancy Garrido. Are you familiar with Phil and Nancy, Carl? I'm familiar with Doritos. Vinny, I, I see what you did there. I am not familiar with this couple. What, what's Great. Up? They what's suck. The 1972. I'm just going to start with a little bit of info about Phil before we get going. He's arrested and charged with sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl. The case did not go to trial after the girl uh, declined to testify. In 73, he got married to a girl named Christine Murphy, who uh, he used to beat up, and then uh, she alleged that he kidnapped her when she tried to leave him. Okay. He's divorced by 1976. He kidnaps a 25-year-old girl named Catherine Calloway in South Lake Tahoe, California, takes her to Reno, Nevada, Carl, takes her to some empty warehouse where he raped her for five and a half hours. When a cop noticed a car parked outside the unit and that the broken lock was on the warehouse door, he knocks on the door and finds Phil Garrido in stages of undress going, hey, officer, how can I help you? Uh, there's a problem. What's going on, officer? I'm, I'm Five Phil. and a half hours? Of rape and torture, yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, is that, that's like uh, Sting-style rape. So, He's yeah. able to last that long. That's impressive. He had a thermos full of coffee. He was ready to be holed <laughs> up impressive. in there for a while. Wow. So- at that point, this woman, Kathleen Calloway, starts yelling for help. He gets arrested quickly. He's charged and convicted in federal and state courts because he brought her across state lines. Now, I've just given you a quick background. This guy's a psycho. Yeah. From the get. He was diagnosed as a sexual deviant and chronic drug abuser. Loved his meth. Going to find out a little bit more about that later. The psychiatrist recommended that a neurological examination be conducted because they thought that maybe it was his drug abuse that like was making him do these things yeah and they're like no this dude's just a real sexual fucking criminal yeah but the meth probably doesn't help you know i i can't imagine he does some meth he's like you know what today i'm just gonna take it easy agreed agreed (laughs) he also in court admitted that he used to masturbate in his car by the side of elementary schools while watching the girls so fun facts about you shouldn't do drugs now he gets convicted in 77 and begins serving a 50-year federal sentence. Okay. Now, what couple's story would be complete without a meet cue? Oh, yeah. At Leavenworth State Prison, Garrido met Nancy Bacangara, who was visiting her uncle, another inmate. And on October 5th, 1981, he and Bocarga were married at Leavenworth Prison. They got married, fell in love in the jail. But I got to tell you, Carl, the reason why this worked for him is because he was dreamy. And while he was in jail, yeah. he was uh, allowed to use, like, you know how they did, like, a lot of rehabilitation programs and stuff like that? Sure. He had a little prison band. 
and he was recording music. Would you like to hear some of Phil's music? I would. What does he play in the band? He plays guitar, uh, that's what the vocals. Like. Let me see here. Yeah. Uh, lead vocals, bass, and effects. A guy named Derek Smalls played the guitar, and Bo Snatch was on the drums. This is from the recordings. Oh, he's uh, the bass player? Yeah. He's oh. the bass player and singer. Yeah. So he thinks he's Gene Simmons, but he doesn't. Listen to this, Carl. He kind of reminds me of like Jeremy or uh, Jerry Only. <laughs> yeah, singing a love ballad. Yeah, it's like if Jerry Only sucked more. This <laughs> like, episode could be hard to listen to. Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. That's not. But good. let me tell you something, Nancy. Yeah. Stars in her eyes. Okay. And would you like to see a picture? I would. Of them, Carl. Yeah. Here we go. Let's, Let's look see. We we'll get rid of that couple. one. That's them. Oh, they're lovely. He is dreamy. Wow. She's not bad looking. She's kind of cute. Nice. Yeah. So a jailhouse wedding, every girl's dream. Now, he gets out of prison somehow in 1988. Okay. Whether it's overcrowding, good behavior, he was raping a woman for five and a half hours. Now he's been married for seven years of his marriages behind Gosh, bars. Man, I feel like you should know the reason why he got out in 88. Aren't you presenting this story? You're like, ah, for some reason, he's now out of jail. <laughs> is that what Wikipedia says? They're like, ah, we don't know. <laughs> this isn't a Wikipedia article. <laughs> okay. So they move into his mother's house, who's uh-huh. an elderly woman. She suffered from dementia. He's a parolee. He's not allowed to leave the house. He's got an ankle bracelet. Okay. And uh, he was under very, very strict parole. By the way, ankle bracelets always work. Mm-mm. Never fail. Nope. We'll fast forward to 1991, where... Shit starts to go really south, Carl. Okay. 11-year-old girl named J.C. Duggard was walking to the school bus. A car approaches. The man in the car starts asking her for directions. He rolls down the window and then uses a stun gun to knock the 11-year-old unconscious. Then, according to the witnesses who were other school children, saw the woman get out of the car, pick up the girl, put her in the car, and they drive away. A bunch of kids tried to tail them on their bikes. Okay. Like, they did it right by the school bus, dude. Yeah. Like, very brave. But that's what meth heads do. They're very brave. They don't think things through, either. Well, he thought enough through that he took the license plate off the vehicle, and dumb kids don't know what car is what. Sure. So it was not good. They couldn't. They didn't have a lot to go on. What's the make and model? Blue. Yeah, they said it was a gray car. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, kids. So they My get to their house stupid. with this 11-year-old girl. First thing they do is they strip her naked, and he rapes her. Okay. Then they take her into the house. Yeah, raped her in the car. Put a blanket over Duggard's head, ushered her into an area in his backyard where some sheds were. They put her inside of a tiny one that was soundproofed. He rapes her again, uh, and he left her naked in this thing, just handcuffed. Okay. The doors were bolted shut, and he told her that he had attack dogs. So he would come in there every day or so and bring her, like, fast food and a milkshake or something. Oh, there you go. And try to, like, pal around with her. Yeah. It was really, like, mental fucking torture for this kid. Yeah. Actually, it's even worse than you realize. It was always Arby's. Yeah. This poor kid. I mean, the, the torture never yeah. stopped. The only time she got a shower was for raping. Yeah. Yeah. They gave her a bucket to shit in, and eventually they gave her a TV out there, which I thought was kind of nice. I mean, <laughs> sure. It's cheap to eat. Yeah. 
This is before Netflix, so, but she's in there for a very, very long time. And he would go on these meth binges. He used to call them runs. And he would come out and explain to her how he was a prophet of God and would hear the demon angels. And the demon angels are, are who told him to come get her and save her and bring her there. And she's still handcuffed and jaded to this thing. And he's just raping her daily, smoking meth. And she is terrified for months and months and months. So this is this guy's coming in there. He's all whacked out of his mind yep. on meth, yep. explaining all this stuff to her. And this is her response to him. Uh-huh. 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 Listen, shut up for a second. You know what she said? He would dress up in weird costumes and spend time with her while cutting out figures from porno magazines. Oh. He would just take the scissors and be like, do-do-do-do-do. Now- It's a fun project. This dude- He's been raping, raping people. He's a singer. He's got his band. He thinks he's great. Sure. Um, he made her listen to the voices that he thinks he could hear in the walls, and then he'd make her listen to his bullshit music. Can you imagine this fucking torture? Sounds terrible. I might pick this guy's music if you ever land on the handcuff <laughs> torture thing so you can put yourself in this poor little girl's position, Carl. Yes. All right? Seven months into this captivity. Phil comes in and says, JC, I got good news for you. I'd like to introduce you to my wife, Nancy. Uh-oh. Nancy comes in, gives her a stuffed animal and chocolate milk, and it's like, hey, we're all going to be friends. And now, from what I understand, Nancy would sit there and uh, play with herself while he would rape JC. Okay. Yeah, so now they got like a whole fucking, she's getting cucked by this psycho meth guy Mm -hmm. and just is going along for the ride. Now, she worked, Nancy worked a regular job. She was like a nurse's aide. Okay. And she took care of the mom. And eventually, they like trained this child into being a sex slave to him and living in the house with the grandmother, Nancy, and Phil. Okay? Okay. They made her introduce herself to the grandmother as Phil's daughter from another relationship named Alyssa. So the mother, you know, she's really old and she's confused. She's like, so why are you having sex with your daughter all over the house? (laughs) And why is she handcuffed Shut up, mom. You don't get my generation. You never will. Yeah, they're just like living there like this is supposed to be fucking normal. Okay. While this Nancy's working a normal job out in the world, Phil is just... Being a fucking psycho who's on the, parole. Is Nancy into the meth as well? I don't know. Okay. Nobody has said that she was, but he ended up breaking his parole because he fails a drug test and has to go back to jail for a month. So guess where JC goes? Back to the shed, bitch, because Nancy's in charge now. Okay. So they would do nice things for her too, Carl. Like they gave her some kittens. Aw. And then the kittens mysteriously would vanish. Oh. Yeah. Now... During this captivity, about 34 months into it, he goes away for a month and comes back. Within, by 1994, they're giving her cooked food for the first time. That's not just like fast food shit. Like they're giving her. Isn't she getting too old for this shit at this point? Are they getting. uh, She's 13. Oh, okay. By the time she's uh, almost 14, she is three and a half months pregnant. Oh, boy. Let's pull out a game as a week. Yeah, so she uh, 
ended up having two babies, Carl, one in August of 1994 and another one in 1997 named Angel and Starlight. Guess who named them? Uh, An idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Give yourself a bail. (laughs) So this whole thing, now there's two babies in the house. The grandmother's there, and she's like, what is going on here? And he's like, these are my other two daughters from previous relationships, and uh, Alyssa is their sister even though that's the mother. And this poor girl was left to take care of these two. Nancy and Phil didn't take care of these two kids. This is a woman in captivity who's just trying to fucking, who's not allowed to leave to go out into public. She's the one who's tending to all the needs of these kids. And she's a child who has no idea how to fucking do it. Well, you know what else she doesn't know how to do? Escape. She's got three fucking years to escape and she hasn't yet. And everyone's looking for her. What is she doing? Well, she's Carl, an idiot. He would sit there and go on rants, make him make them all listen to music, <laughs> and they all grew up in this house together, this house of fucking horror yeah. and rape. Now, let's fast forward to 2009. I'm almost done, Carl. Mr. Garrido, this math does not do people any good. Okay? He visits, you ready for this? He visits the San Francisco office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and leaves a four-page essay containing his ideas about sexuality, suggesting that he had discovered a solution to problem behaviors like his past crimes. Okay. He figured out how to solve it. You kidnap one, and then you fuck babies and do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he proved it, right? I don't know if that's what he wrote. Oh, okay. But, uh... He also said that he has all the information that could assist in curing other sexual predators by controlling human impulses that drives humans to commit dysfunctional acts. Then he drove over to the University of California at Berkeley office to the police office with Duggard's two daughters who are basically leaving the house for what we know might be one of the very first times in their life. Okay. He's just taking these two with him and they're fucking what the fuck like they're shifty eyed fucking pale little tiny fucking like terrified things and this meth head goes into the california state of california berkeley campus into the police office and starts explaining to them about god's desire for a program that he needs to put on at the college okay and they're like sir we're really busy and he's like yeah, 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 but I'm so-and-so. And my name, he gives them his name, everything like that. And they said, can we make an appointment with you tomorrow? And they were like, sure. Can you be here tomorrow at 2 o'clock? And he goes, great. So the next day, he shows up. After hearing this, uh, after this, the uh, supervisor hears that this lunatic was in the office, she runs his name, finds out he's on parole. He's technically not allowed to be within 25 miles of his house. Him going to that office was a violation of his parole, so they contact his parole officers. Okay. And they show up at his house. Can I ask a a dumb question? Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm following this. He was released from prison in 88. Yes. And now we're in 2009? Yes. And he's still on parole? And this woman is still living in the house? Yes. Because he had a 50-year sentence, Carl. Okay. All right. They're keeping track on this guy. He's a sex offender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- 
What I'm trying to explain to you is, yeah, this guy's not making good decisions for someone right. who doesn't want to get caught. Well, I mean, he got he, away with this for 18 years. I was going to say, he got point. away with it for a long time. He's doing pretty well. These kids are like 15 and 17, and yeah. they also look and they go, "This guy's a sex offender," and he brought two young girls into the office with them too. Mm-hmm. So now the parole people are like, "Get to our offices tomorrow," and he shows up to the offices with his wife Nancy, the two girls, and fucking J.C. Duggard who he introduces as Alyssa. Sure. He explains to the parole officers that he had permission to take those two girls with him to go spread the good news of his gospel to all the world. He sings songs. He does this. He's going to fix everybody on the planet. And uh, that's really all this was. And this is Alyssa. She'll tell you I'm their mother and that uh, she's from Minnesota and she's running away from the father of her kids. So the investigators think this man is completely insane and they take... Alyssa into another room and hi, my name's JC Duggard. I haven't been allowed to say my own name in 18 years. That man raped those two girls into me. Please help me. He was sentenced to 431 years in prison and Nancy received 36 years to life. Okay. And Carl, I have to say during this time, the only reason they did not kidnap more kids I want to show you something that's really chilling. Okay? Yeah. These are this is video. They took they used to go to well they had JC locked up in the basement. They used to go to the park with video cameras mm-hmm. and sit there. Yeah, and that's how it starts to stop. It automatically focuses. And I'm just gonna show you a little bit. Set yourself back about right there. Maybe you can pop it. He would here. play his songs. Well, they videotaped little kids playing on the playground together. Yes. I can see you really good. I don't like any of this. The soundtrack to pedophilia, folks. This guy, these two, are disgusting fucking creeps, and I'm very happy that they're gone. All right, well, I like how you said these two at the end because that wasn't much of a couple story. Is he like that one guy? She helped him abduct the child. Uh, yeah, she yeah. picked the kid up and put it in the car. Mm-hmm. She took care of the mm-hmm. kid. She could have gone to the police when he went to prison uh-huh. and turned them all in. Uh-huh. And she was there diddling herself while he fucked children uh-huh. in front of her. All right. So I would say she's a creep. All right, I brought a creepy couple for the show today as well, Vinny. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, let me present my couple here. Um, we're going to go over the uh, the other side of the pond over there to uh, England and look at people who are known as British Society's benchmark for evil, Myra Hindley and Ian Brady. Now, Ian was working at this factory, and Myra got a job there, and she was really into this guy. She was just mesmerized by him. Even though he had a criminal record, she was just in love with the guy. So they started going out on dates together. And the typical date that they would go on was this. They'd take a trip to the cinema, usually to watch an X-rated film. Then they'd go back to Hinley's house to drink German wine. Brady would then give her reading material. And they would spend their work lunch breaks reading aloud to one another from accounts of Nazi atrocities. Hindley began to emulate an ideal Aryan perfection, uh-huh, bleaching uh-huh. her hair blonde uh-huh. and applying thick crimson lipstick. Well, this is a tale old as time. Of course, yes. So Ian Brady's really into Mein Kampf. He's learning German. He's uh, he's really into what the Nazis are up to. This is the 60s, by the way, I should mention, in, in Britain at the time. So what this couple has fun doing is abducting children, 
raping them and then murdering them and then burying them where they cannot be found. And uh, they did this to uh, John Kilbride and then later to a 10-year-old girl named Leslie Ann Downey. So they abducted Leslie Ann Downey. What happened is uh, Myra Hindley would go, can you help me? I'm, I'm missing one of my gloves. Can you help me find my glove? And the kids would be like, oh, sure, okay. yeah. And then they'd okay. throw them in the car and drive somewhere, and these things would happen. Well, it's interesting because we talk all the time on this show about the fact that with social media and with smartphones and having a video camera in your pocket at all times – People can't help themselves. They're constantly yeah. recording themselves with these atrocities, and they're posting it all over, and it's really just a dumb thing to do, even in the 60s. Yeah, I almost think that like the FBI invented this yeah. just for this effect, Seriously. just to make crime solving easier. Right, because they know people can't help themselves. So even before we had this technology, people would love to record their crimes, the horrifying final minutes of the girl's life were documented both in photographs and an audio recording that had later been found in two suitcases left in Manchester Central train station by Brady and Hindley. Photos reveal that Leslie Ann had been taken to their house where she was bound and gagged with a scarf. Brady took pornographic photos of her and sexually assaulted her. The heinous audio recording lasts an excruciating 16 minutes. On it. Leslie Ann can be heard begging for her life, crying for her mother, and asking God for help. Pretty brutal shit going on there that they found. Yeah, and he labeled the tape 16 minutes in heaven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Holy shit. Um, so the reason why you don't want to do that, Vinny, because this couple went on to also uh, kill and rape Edward Evans, all of their victims between the ages of 10 and 17. Aye. Well, what happened was when they were arrested and they found these audio tapes, they played them in court. The horrific 16-minute audio recording of Leslie Ann before her death was played in court. Brady was found guilty on all murder counts while Hindley was acquitted in the case of John Kilbride. But she was found guilty of being an accessory to John's murder as well as guilty for the murders of Leslie Ann and Edward. Yeah, so it didn't help that they had this audio tape that they played for everyone in the courtroom, so they just threw the book at them for Good. these murders. Yes. So they had them for murders of three children, John Kilbride, Leslie Ann Downey, and Edward Evans. They're in prison. Fast forward 20 years to the mid-80s. In the 1980s, news broke that Brady and Henley were not responsible for the death of three children, but rather five after they revealed two more victims. The two additional children had been missing since the mid-60s. Police immediately began searching the moor for their bodies, even taking Brady and Hinley out of prison to assist in the search. So they got a field trip day. That must have been fun. Hey, guys, you want to go help us find those other dead kids we didn't know about? Yeah, sure. I probably remember where we'll they are. We'll get pizza after. <laughs> yeah, you promise? Pinky pizza, swear. pizza, <laughs> pizza. So how fun is that? They're both serving multiple life sentences for the murders of these three children. And then 20 years later, like, hey, it turns out I think they killed a couple more kids, too. Yeah, look at this. Go figure. Jesus. So Myra Hindley really wants to get out of prison. Now, Brady, uh, not so much. He's like, you know what? That's fine. I'll spend the rest of my days in prison. But he finds ways to still get around young boys. He goes on these hunger strikes. 
In jail? In jail. And so they have to send him to the hospital because obviously that causes issues. Well, they don't have to send him to the children's hospital. You would think that. And prison would not stop Brady's predatory behavior. In 2019, it was reported that Brady actually had contact with teenage boys who were being treated for mental health issues in the same prison hospital he was held in during one of his hunger strikes. The hospital quickly noticed Brady's interest in the young boys and would move them off his floor. (laughs) Pretty sneaky shit, huh? I'm not feeling hungry today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, All right, so look, here we have a couple. They would work together to abduct children, to then rape them and murder them and bury them. And uh, that's all horrible and all reasons to vote for my couple as the creepiest couple. But here... Here is the real reason to vote for me. Oh, I don't like a kicker. In prison, Hindley became a born-again Christian and would spend years trying to obtain parole. Ugh, she became a born-again after I'm all I'm so this. sorry for what I've done. Oh, the Lord has redeemed me. Yeah, just fucking give into Satanism and have some fun with it if you're going to live this type of lifestyle. Nobody wants to hear about how you're a born-again now. Fortunately, she They'll never did take get anyone. Out. Those Christians will take anyone, won't they? Yeah, no shit. Jesus Christ. The worst. Um, Myra Hindley died in 2002 at the age of 60, and Brady died in 2017 at the age of 79, and neither of them were free ever again for these heinous crimes. They really were a problem. They were a problem. But were they still a couple at that point where they were in prison and everything? Yeah, they were writing notes to each other and stuff. Yeah, there there was actually uh, a lot of love there. Aw. She was really obsessed with this guy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go, kids. You have your opportunity to vote this week at r slash the creep off. That's right. Go to our subreddit where you'll find the poll there, and you can vote for who you thought brought the creepiest couple this week. I need a victory to keep this thing going, so please. Or what we could do is have a really fun episode next week where Carl has to spin the wheel and maybe have to do something stupid on his way to Gary, Indiana. Who knows? That's not fun. It's up to you guys to vote and nobody, pick. Nobody finds that fun. But, you know, those guys, those two weren't fucking babies into people, into kids. So I'm just going to say that. Carl, yeah, I think... Uh, that, that would mean they'd have to keep them alive, Vinny, in order to point. do that. So that's the reason why. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Are you ready for another edition of who are these creepos? Am I? I think it starts a little something like this. Who are these creepos? That's right. That's a segment on the creep off where we like to prove that we are the best true crime show on the internet. And the way that we do that, Vinny, is we find every other true crime podcast and we break them down one at a time to show you why ours is far superior in many ways, if not every single way. And today I want to present to you a show called Dark Poutine, a true crime and dark history podcast. And let me read you the uh, tagline here. A podcast about notorious Canadian crimes, dark history, and other creepy topics as told by real live Canadians. So, listen, I hate that they threw the and other creepy topics in there. Yep. That's the shit that drives me crazy. That's annoying. Can't you guys just do a true crime show about true crime? Nope. Because they are pigeonholed into only doing Canadian things 
and Canada's a boring place. God, how many fucking Sasquatch <laughs> episodes do they have? So, yeah, there's only so much they can do. All right, this is hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton. Now, Mike Brown is really the one in charge here. He's yeah. doing most of the talking. He's can telling I, the story. I don't even know like what Canadian like famous crimes are. I'm guessing like the maple syrup murders yep. or something well, like that. Well, we all know about that one, right? Yes. <laughs> the back bacon massacre. I don't fucking know. <clears throat> yeah. I think there was an AHL game where somebody got a stick to the head. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the introductions. And let's just see how excited these guys are to be doing a show. Welcome to Dark Poutine. I am Mike Brown. And this is Matthew Stockton. Hello. Hello, Matthew. How are them? I am great. Good. I don't know how to answer in the... Uh, ye olde worldy. In the ye old world, but anyway. I took my blood pressure medication and I'm happy. Oh, because this is a Mr. Big episode. Exactly. Ha. Uh, Gets my blood boiling. Yeah, me too. Wow. What the fuck is this? That's some chemistry, huh? I mean, if that doesn't hook you right away, that's how the show starts. You're like, wow, I can't wait to hear these two have a conversation with each other. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. The fucking ye old douchebag and his blood pressure pills. Yes. And the nerd. Great oh, show. God, this Matthew Stockton guy is infuriating. But I want to start off with the warning that they give before the show starts. Dark poutine is not for the faint of heart or squeamish. Our content is often intense and some listeners may find it disturbing. We are not experts on the topics we present, nor are we journalists. We are ordinary Canadian schmucks chatting about crime and the dark side of history. Let's get to it. Oh, okay, so they have zero credentials. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. I mean, do, do, we don't have to announce that at the beginning of the show, do we? Vinny, Is you know why thing? we don't? Because we're both professional podcasters. Do you think that's maybe like a Canadian rule? Hey, you better tell everybody you don't know what you're talking about there before you start <laughs> spouting out at the it mouth. Is. That's actually very possible. I don't know. This is a weird one, Carl. And by the way, can I just say one thing? Yes. I fucking hate poutine. I think it sucks. I do too. It fucking sucks. Not a big gravy guy, but you know, if you're going to put gravy on mashed potatoes, fine. French fries are, are good enough. You don't need that shit. Hey, Cam Critical with the Dollar 99. Best of luck on your wheel spin, Carl. Oh, fuck off, Cam Critical. <laughs> um, all right, so now, Vinny, I don't know if you realize what cards these guys are, but listen to this disclaimer and get ready to laugh. You are responsible for obtaining and maintaining at your own cost all equipment needed to listen to Dark Poutine. Dark Poutine can be addictive. Side effects may include, but not be limited to, pausing and questioning the system, elevated heart rate, pondering humanity, odd looks from colleagues as you laugh out loud at work, family members not into true crime worrying about you. Positive side effects may include some perspectives and opinions that you disagree with, as well as some wokeness and empathy. If you don't think Dark Poutine is for you, consult your doctor immediately. This dude is fucking corny. Pretty funny stuff, huh? Oh, it's addictive, huh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to quit it after we get done with this. I think I'm going to go cold turkey on this one, Vinny. They would throw you right the fuck out of the Betty Ford Center if you walked in. It's like, I'm addicted to dark poutine. Yeah, nobody These Canadians is. are so fascinating. Now, Vinny, what's one thing the Canadians can't stop talking about? What's the one thing that if you get into a conversation with a Canadian, you know is going to come up? Uh, is it the weather? Ice hockey is the oh. answer. Mm. <laughs> the weather. Have you ever spoken to anyone in Canada, Carl? They're like, oh, beautiful day. Everything is all oh, terrible day. Oh, beautiful day. It's all weather, man. I thought they just talked about being America's hat all the time. But no, they talk about hockey. And they're talking about this small town in Manitoba. And for whatever reason, 
they have to bring up that that's where Ed Belfour is from. Do you know who Ed Belfour is? The goalie. He is, yes. Very yeah. good. Now, this guy, Matthew Stockton, is a gay gentleman. And the fun thing about gay guys is they don't know their sports. <laughs> this is going to be really funny. Although tiny, Carmen is notable for being the hometown of Eddie the Eagle Balfour, who played goal for the Chicago Blackhawks, Florida Panthers, San Jose Sharks, Dallas Stars, and, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also known as Crazy Eddie for his quirky behavior on and off the ice, Balfour was inducted into the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame after he retired from professional hockey in 2008. I'm glad you mentioned this hockey because yeah. you're naming all those teams. Yes. And I was trying to figure out what sport it was. If I'm talking about a team sport, it's usually hockey. That's the one where they're on blades and they shoot a disc at net with sticks. That's correct. In case our listeners don't know. Yeah. Good one. It's pretty funny acting like you don't know what hockey is. Oh, what's that? And then hockey? I'll explain it to you in the dumbest way possible to make me sound so... Like, you're just trying to put yourself over, dude. You're trying yeah. to act too cool for the room. Correct. And you it's sound like working. you're too fucking fat and ugly for the room. So I was trying to figure out, like, what's the reason for this guy to be on this show? Like, what does he bring to the show? Well, dynamite drop-ins, like this example. Now they're going through this true crime story. Kyle had worked in Alberta since he'd left school the year before, so he was home for just that purpose. For the summer, let's have a little bit of a whoop-de-doo. A <laughs> whoop-de-doo. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. He repeated. I'm going to start doing that to you. I'm just going to repeat whatever you said last. Gee willikers. Gee willikers, Vinny. Carl's a shithead. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carl, we need that drop. Okay. We need that good whoop-de-doo. That's good stuff. Ugh, fucking horrible. Let me see if I can find that it, within the clip. I think it's right here. Oh, <laughs> whoop-de-doo. <laughs> good stuff there, Matthew. Matthew's not done there, though, Vinny. This is going to be, this is really going to crack you up, I have a feeling. I'm so not addicted yet. So in Manitoba, <laughs> there's a town called Miami. Now, the reason why this is going to be funny is because there's also a city named Miami in the state of Florida, yep. and, and the weather there's very different than it is in Manitoba. All right, maybe you were right. Maybe they do talk about the weather. Here you go. Kyle and John walked around the festival grounds briefly before becoming involved in a game of pickup football and drinking beer with some other young men the boys knew from school. Miami Collegiate. <laughs> Imagine if you move from abroad thinking you're going to Miami Collegiate because that's what your parents told you. Yes. So you rock up and you arrive at school in a Manitoba winter and you're totally depressed in your shorts. Miami, Manitoba, yeah. Oh, well. I think that's probably an overpromise. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> Imagine that, Vinny. Remember in the warning, they said you were going to be laughing at your desk and coworkers be looking like, what's up with this guy? What are we laughing at? Maybe. You're going to hear it more like sighing and groaning. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, could you imagine somebody goes to Miami Collegiate and then they have their shorts on, but they're really in Canada. Could you imagine that, Vinny? They went to Miami of Ohio. Oh, whoa. There's three Miamis. Shut the fuck up. I usually like Canadians. This is if this is So now Mike Brown doing it for me. Our narrator here is gonna set up Matthew and Matthew's got nothing all of a sudden. He's got all these quips throughout the show until this. 
she had been strangled and long, sharp sticks had been forced into her vagina and anus. These were described as having been inserted with great force. There were many other injuries to her body. Where's the joke, funny man? There's your opportunity. We're shoving sticks and anuses and vaginas over here. Uh, you got something? Uh, great force, like Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> uh. I thought it was... Uh, I bet it was Darth Vader who did it, right? The old Sith Lordy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> this guy's a real-life Chip Chipperson. <laughs> Fucking sucks. So now we're going to get a little peek into what his life is like at home. Because they're talking about how one of the kids who was convicted of this murder talked to the police without having an attorney present. Now, Vinny, you and I have mentioned this before on our show. Don't do it. Don't do that. Well, this guy also feels very strongly about that. Tim was also a minor at the time, so his parents wanted to ensure their son had proper representation. You know, when my husband and I watch uh, a movie or a true crime documentary, mm-hmm. we both yell, lawyer, yeah, me too. at the screen whenever a character is put into a police interview situation. Yeah. And I tell you, if I was picked up for anything, even if I knew I was totally innocent and had a rock solid alibi, I would not utter a single word to the police without a lawyer. Yeah. I just wouldn't do it. Not a single word. We yeah. get it. Yes, I know. Have an attorney present. Wow, you're so interesting. You and your husband both yell lawyer at the TV. Wow. What else do you guys do? Fascinating, guys. Good stuff. By the way, that conversation goes on. I know I'm trying not to drag down our show with these clips. It is brutal. But that but conversation. Here you are anyway. <laughs> I know. That conversation goes on for another 90 seconds. And I'm going, God. yeah, I know. I would, I would get an attorney. Oh, I, I would always get an attorney. Even if I didn't do it. Like, yeah, I know. We get it. Fucking move on. This guy brings nothing and relishes in it for some reason. Matthew and his husband don't get invited to a lot of parties, folks. No, I, I doubt they do. Oh, this is a weird way. So apparently one of the suspect's hair, like a, a single strand of hair, was found in the victim's sweater. Listen to how he says this. A hair found on Bridget's pants was consistent with having originated from Tim Houlihan's scalp. Why do you talk that way? Was consistent with having originated from Tim Houlihan's scalp? They, they, they found his hair. You say it was <laughs> Tim Houlihan's hair? <laughs> where was it? Where did it originate from? His scalp? I believe his forearm. <laughs> what? Dude, no one cares. Where's my... Hold on. <laughs> so bad. I don't care. Care. Matthew would love this. Let Matthew would be over. singing. I Everybody, I, I don't, don't care. care. I don't. I hate them. Yep, I got one more clip for you, Vinny. And uh, this is always fun when you think you're going to have advertising and you don't. That's always good. Only days after Bridget's death, both Kyle Unger and Tim Houlihan were arrested and charged with first-degree murder. More after a quick break. And we're back. Uh, Matthew, <laughs> thoughts on this episode so far? That always makes me laugh. I know. It's always great. And we're back, everybody. Yeah, we know. Guys, listen, if you if you are just recording a podcast yeah. and you want to take a break, just take a break and then just pick up where you left off and clip it. Yeah. Thank you. You don't need to put in bizarre transitions. No, you don't. It's just not ad production. I put dynamic advertising in uh, who are these podcasts. Oh, I've heard. And if it, you hear it, you hear it. And if you don't, you don't. 
I don't embarrass myself by going, all right, now, hopefully uh, the sales team has uh, sold some inventory and uh, you're going to hear an advertisement right now. No, you didn't? Oh, fuck. All right, well, heads are going to roll. I like that he comes back, too, from that break and immediately he's like, hey, Matthew, what do you think about this so far? It's like, no, why are you going to Matthew? He's got nothing. Don't ever do that. This guy has nothing. And then they, they have a whole voicemail segment. This is the problem with true crime. You can build an audience no matter how bad you are. These guys suck. And yet they have an audience for this. Is that why we have an audience? Just because it's true crime? Yeah. Oh. I'm convinced. <laughs> Look at the two of us. <laughs> we are visual cancer. <laughs> it's not good. Wow. All right. So um, that is Dark Boutine, a Canadian shit podcast. <laughs> oh, Canada. Please cut their mics. Carl? Yes. You want to do some voicemails? Let's do voicemails. All right. The voicemail segment on the Creep Off, as always, is brought to you by our friends in Syracuse. Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the city of Syracuse. No Super Bowl commercial for us. We are proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the Creep Off, as they are the only show that accepts payment in Circuit City gift cards. See you in Syracuse. I'm going to get a DVD player. Ooh, I'm going to get a TV that has the DVD player built into it. Lucky. It's all the rage now. It's going to go right in my dorm room. Uh, God. <laughs> so, Carl, I asked people last week to uh, send in their restaurant stories. Oh, right. Yeah, and I would give away a uh, free Supercast subscription to somebody today as we go through these. Uh, oh. There's lots of stuff mixed in. But Am I judging? Do I yeah. get to be a judge? Right, Absolutely. Cool. You, you could pick. I'm pretty biased towards this one because this is pretty creepy, but also kind of satisfying. Carl, Vinny, I used to work at Pizza Hut, and my and my principal called in, so we took his thin crust pizza and we put it on the toilet seat before making it. <laughs> it was glorious, <laughs> creepy. <laughs> All right. uh, I'm a little confused by that one. Because don't fuck with pizza, but if it's your principal, I'll well, right. it. They put it on the toilet seat before making it, so you're, they, then they put it in the oven afterwards. Yeah, but then they bake it all the fucking disease yeah, from the pizza on the toilet. I don't know about that. All right. All right. That's all fine, right. though. All right. I'm going to skip this one. Here we go. This is a message from Vietnam, uh, an experience actually in Vietnam. Okay. So about the restaurants. Uh, I was actually in Vietnam before, and uh, I don't think it counts. How many I'm kills? A subscriber anyway, so, you know, I pay whatever. All good, no worries. But when I was in Vietnam, uh, I at this food stand for about two weeks, and then, uh, you know, i drop off my dry cleaning, and the one day they wanted me to pick it up early. So I figured, you know what, whatever, it's only an hour earlier than I wake up, and that's fine. I'll do that. Walk past the food stand that I ate at every day, and a woman cutting up half a cattle, cow, whatever, water buffalo on the sidewalk, using the sidewalk as a butcher's block. <laughs> and it was pretty gross, but it, don't think of it like American style. Think of it as they're stray dogs and cats walking all over, shitting everywhere. People just throw their garbage on the ground. The road crew comes comes along and throws it along the curb and 
burns it all at the end of the road. And then um, we get, not only that, uh, oh, no, this there's is a lot car. of flash flooding there, which yep. means there's sewers flood over it, oh. too. And, uh, yeah, I ate, I ate there for two weeks, and then I saw that. <laughs> oh. And then I still went back and ate there. It was the best food I ever ate. It was awesome. <laughs> well, there you I love go. it. You know. All right, all right. So is that a thing then? Because I was mentioning on the show last week that there's a Vietnamese restaurant here where I saw people cutting vegetables on the floor. Is that just where they cut? Apparently. Food? Okay. Doesn't that dull the blade of a knife, though, if you're just like cutting on the, the floor? Yeah. I would imagine that's not the best way to go. All right. Well, that's not the problem there. A couple not of the things, only. Vinny. All right, since you play my voicemails, damn it. Uh, number one creepy ass restaurant story and I, I never worked in one but i helped a guy go pick up a commercial stove from one for scrap purposes and walked into one of the biggest restaurants in charlotte north carolina to find some big ex-con looking guy with his dreadlocks hanging down into a giant pot of grits <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. Uh, never ate there, thank God. That's so gross. Second thing, <laughs> this is just something I thought of, because I've been going through old episodes again. All right. Of uh, WATP, Creep Off, you know, all the shit Carl's involved in. Appreciate it. This question is for Carl. Yeah. Do we all remember Carl's no-shitting-at-work policy? Carl, you now work at home. Does that mean you never shit? Just want to know the answer to that one. All right, that's it for now. Carl, what say you? Do you shit? I now shit at work every single day now that I work from home. So that's the answer to that. All right. um, I'm not as upset with the shitting at work thing anymore, surprisingly, now that I don't have to go into work. I should tell you, too, a quick backstory on that. Yep. The building that my company was in, they, they didn't build it great. The bathroom's didn't have any ventilation neither of the bathrooms had a fan so when people would shit up the bathroom it just stunk up the hall and there was just nothing you could do about everybody it. had to smell their brand huh? yes Ugh. yeah so that that was part of the problem i, I would imagine i guess uh people gave me a lot of grief for being down at, on shitting at work so for a lot of people that's a pastime so i, I apologize uh-huh. Those are our restaurant stories we got. And if I, if I didn't play yours, it's because it was really way too long. Sorry, folks. Please. I mean, some of these were a little long already anyway. Yeah. Carl. I have a voicemail for us real quick. Please. Speaking of long I got voice- a couple more, but I wanted to vote on the uh, who gets the supercast. All right. Let's let's do that. Let's vote on that real quick. Um, I, the Vietnam story I liked um, probably the best. Uh-huh. Um, but he pizza- led with he already is a subscriber and doesn't want it. So. Oh, okay. Pizza Hut was fun. Okay. And I liked how short it was. Yep. That was well done. Yep. So what do you think? Uh, I'll go Pizza Hut. Okay. I'll go Pizza Hut. Congratulations. Uh, Call back in and leave me your email address, and I will send you a link for your free Supercast subscription where you could get free bonus episodes of The Creep Off. Now, for the rest of you, you could support us on Patreon.com. You can find us on Supercast. You could also find us on Backed.Buy. And we really appreciate your support. You'll get a new episode every week. We'll be back on Wednesday with a new one for you, a uh, new bonus episode. Carl, play your voicemail. Hey, this is Dave from Buffalo. Uh, I have a, one of these uh, funny, silly songs for everybody. Here it goes. It goes a little something like this. Vinny's fat. 
Vinny's fat. Vinny's a fat, fat fuck. He's a greasy fat fuck. He's a fucking greasy pile of shit. And he's a greasy fat fuck. Vinny hitched his fucking wagon to a greasy potato. Because he was hoping to eat some french fries. Vinny's fat. Vinny's fat. Vinny's a fat, fat fuck. Vinny's a fat piece of shit. Fuck Vinny. Fuck the dolphins. Vinny's a fat, fat piece of shit. Go polar plunge, you fat piece of shit. I hope you get hypothermia and you die in Lake Ontario. Because you're a fat, fat fuck. You're a fucking fat piece of shit. Carl's great. Vinny's fat and worthless. Yeah, yeah. Vinny's okay. fat and worthless. Vinny's fat and is really, really worthless. Fat, fat Vinny. Go fuck yourself, Vinny. Fat. You're fat, Vinny. <laughs> wow. Oh, Holy shit. That song just got keep getting better and better, didn't it? That was like Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. That thing just went different layers, oh, different levels. Fantastic. Oh, I think you should actually put fuck, that. I don't have to this. I want to listen to my masterpiece before it goes off. I guess that. Hey, fuck you, Vinny. You're a fat piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Sorry, it was still there, Vinny. I apologize. Great song. Great song. I'll probably have the Isotopes put some music to it. We're going to the studio this week. Oh, so. that'll be good. I would yeah. really like to hear how that turns out with, yep. some, with a nice a nice uh, orchestra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, get, we'll put a couple guitar solos in there. It'll be great. Good. Good. Vinny <laughs> <laughs> is a fat fuck. He's a fat, 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 fat fuck. <laughs> He's a fat, greasy fuck. da 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 all right, that was mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. All that right. was a little mean, you're right. Who oh, cares? Gives a shit. Moving along, what else you got anymore, Carl? No, I that's all I have. All right, we'll get through these last two real quick. Let's do it. Uh, this is a someone correcting me from last week and giving me a much better punchline. Hey, Vinny, I'm not trying to do your job for you, but the joke is right there. Jason and the Taco Collar Dreamcoat. That's correct. Thank you, sir. Uh, here we go. Oh, shit, Carl. What? This fucking thing. What? I got another nomination. Pizza guy, hold on. Oh, okay. Hold on, pizza guy. Oh, no, this poor guy's got a... Okay, Vinny, you asked for some fast food or food work confessions. Please to... don't nominate me as a creep. Back in 2001, I used to work at an Orange Julius. Never... Get an actual orange Julius. It's fresh squeezed lemonade. What they had to, what you had to do is we had to cut the oranges in half, and they had this like weird juicing thing where you you push that the half of the orange on it, and it would just spin really fucking fast. And I had like the dexterity of a toddler when I was sixteen, so I would skin my fucking knuckles every fucking time I made the orange juice. Oh, no. And I don't want to have to fucking juice all those oranges again, so I just leave the fucking skin and blood and shit in there. I'm like, whatever. Oh, uh, and then it, whatever. all the old people walking around the mall would bring their drinks back like an hour and a half later and be like, it's not cold anymore. This is settled. You need to remix it. Like, you've been walking around the mall for an hour and a half. Like, come on, you fuck. Like, I'm 16. I don't want to, I don't want to remix your drink so what i do is i just take them all in the back and if they have the same drink i'd mix them all together and just fucking re-pour them in cups i'd swap their lids you know put shit on like i if i had to remix your drink and you fucking complained to me you did not want to put your fucking lips on that straw anyhow yeah i was 
Not a good person. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's a blood orange Julius. No, thank you. Uh, Carl, do you want to change your vote? Yes. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> Julius calling Sorry, your Pizza Hut. <laughs> I might take care of him, too. It was my mistake. So uh, here we go. There's a uh, suggestion for the wheel. Here we go. Hey, Creep Off Crew, I had a consequence suggestion. Uh, you can call it the Walmart Pedophile Challenge. Uh, one of you, or the loser, goes into Walmart, and the winner goes in and screams, this guy is here to meet an 11-year-old girl, <laughs> and uh, just follows him around and screams that for a little bit. I think that's a great consequence, and I don't think it's too damaging, especially at a Walmart. You could just do it at another town or something. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> that's a great idea. I can see Vinny really getting into it. I can see Vinny be convinced that I am a pedophile. If I lose and you're doing that to me, I'm just going, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm retarded. Leave me alone. This man is harassing me and Help. I'm retarded. Help. <laughs> I need an adult. I need an adult. Oh, God damn it, Carl. It's a funny idea. Those are our voicemails this week. You guys are the funnest. Yes. We have good listeners on the show. Carl, I'm going to hit the music, and we're going to do a scum parade, buddy. Let's go. Scum parade. Take me on a raid of these fuck raids that these creeps have made. Scum parade. Vinny and Carl going to tell you about some fuck shit. Scum parade. Like stories of a kid fucked by his mom or dad. Soaking up the blood of a cat. Scum parade. I hate to feature girls basketball two weeks in a row. Yeah. But a lot of shit is going on at girls basketball. This is a bizarre story. Multiple girls basketball coaches were fired from a Virginia high school after a 22-year-old assistant coach was caught impersonating a 13-year-old junior varsity player who was out of town during a January game. Video allegedly shows the Churchland High School coach Arlisha Boykins posing as the youth player during the game on January 21st. Uh, she made a layup. She's grabbing rebounds. She did miss a free throw. Dude, honestly, the funniest part about this. So how old is this woman? She's 23. Yeah. And she's playing with 13-year-old girls. She's not even very good. She did make that one layup, but she missed the, the free throw and a field goal attempt after the rebound on that. Like, And their team sucks. Well, I mean... Girls basketball. But, but but I'm not sure like what they were trying to accomplish here. It was so embarrassing to the team that the team has now quit. They're not even going to play any more games. They're like, you know what? This is really well, just embarrassing. I mean, they should have spoken up when the coach like showed up in uniform. Yeah. Well, yeah, no shit. I just think this is the silliest it's thing. It's so it's crazy. How did they think they would get away with did... You, my friend, have committed a crime. You cheated those other kids. You think you can get away with that without having legal, legal ramifications? You're oh out of your God. fucking mind. Well, she lost her job. A bunch of the coaches got fired. And the they should have just called it anymore. a prank. Why couldn't they just say, oh, it was for the goof? I would have just been like, what, we all look alike? 
Ooh, that's a good one. That's too. how you that do it. That shuts people up quick. Yep. <laughs> Let's keep moving, Carl. Altoona, Pennsylvania. Okay. A 43-year-old woman faces 30 charges, including second-degree murder, for allegedly setting a home on fire, which killed a 75-year-old man. Okay. Now, according to a statement on February 15th, the Altoona Police Department and Fire Department responded to a house uh, where an occupant escaped out of a second-story window and called for help at a neighbor's house. Three firefighters were injured while extinguishing the blaze. Officials located a deceased male in the house. Hold on a second, Benny. Yeah. Three firefighters were hurt putting out a house fire? Yeah. Isn't that their job? Volunteers, man. Fucking lame. Isn't that their fucking job? Like, what, what, what next? Carl Hamburger was injured podcasting today. Like, come on, man. So you're, how are you getting hurt doing that? So an autopsy revealed the man dies of smoke inhalation. And as they went around and searched the house, they found accelerants in the stairs mm-hmm. and the common areas of the house. Now, Altoona police said detectives learned that Heather Evans was seen leaving the home right before the fire. Yep. The next day, Evans reportedly committed, uh, commented on a chicken coop that was located uh, nearby this house, and she commented on it to a friend, and the next thing everybody knew, the whole chicken coop was up in flames. Yeah. Then, on March 3rd, a garage on Crawford Avenue in Altoona caught fire, and police said physical evidence allegedly placed Evans at the scene of the last two fires, in addition to being seen at the house on Fifth Avenue. So she got arrested on February 7th, and she faces charges of cruelty to animals, recklessly endangering another person, and probably manslaughter. Uh, the victim who died in the fire, uh, you know, his family's pissed. The whole house that is damaged. I mean, he's a 75-year-old guy. This whole the thing's crazy. Pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it's an understatement. She told police that she's a meth addict, and what she uses, she believes that she's the Egyptian goddess Isis. Yeah, so she says that she's a white witch and an Egyptian goddess. Yeah, that doesn't work Which out. I'm like, look, and I'll go along with whatever you want to say, but you got to pick a lane. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. You're a witch, you're a goddess, what are you? She's being held without bail right now, and I think that's probably for the best. So, Vinny, I've never done meth, but I'm starting to think that I'm never going to. Oh, you got turned off by it? Yeah, I mean, the PR for it is is not good. I I, I find only Donald Trump has more negative stories than meth at this point. Like It's like Donald Trump, yep. meth, yep. state of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein's in there somewhere, too. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not going well. Well... Carl, you know who it didn't go well for? Who's that? A young lady in England recently. Did you read this story? I believe this one was sent in by uh, Deeply Unprincipled. Oh, yes, yes, I did read this one. Yeah, Warrington, England, Carl. Wesley Rodden, he's 33 years old. He was on the run from the police when he stumbled upon an 18-year-old woman in Victoria Embankment Gardens who was said to have been being raped by another man. Yep. Now... The other man has not been caught. This guy has. He denies this was a rape because basically the story goes, according to the woman, she had drank a lot of vodka, beer, and cider. She got separated from another group of girls. She ended up 
with this guy, she did weed, cocaine, ketamine, and her blood alcohol level would have resulted in a significant degree of intoxication. Hey, uh, Vinny. Yeah. Can I interrupt real quick? Please. I got I to change into my uh, victim blaming shoes. Hold sure, on a second. Sure. Let, me just, let me just pop these it's on. It's a beautiful day uh, in the neighborhood. Yep, a beautiful right. day for victim blaming. In Let's the hood. get ready for some victim blaming here, Vinny. All right. So- her friends went into a McDonald's to try to sober up. Like I said, she separated from her friends. She was caught on a close cap or a closed circuit TV mm-hmm. walking down the street with a mysterious male. Now, she says the snapshot, this is the quote, the snapshot I have in my head is lying on the grass in the park with a man over me and feeling pain around my hips. Right. The teenager explained. I remember lying on the grass and my underwear and tights were around my ankles and my legs were pushed up. The first man, I don't remember his face. I could feel him having sex with me and a pain in my hips. It felt surreal. I'd say I was 10 out of 10 drunk. Okay. I'd say too, yeah. I remember his she, body She was trying to get into me. a club earlier, and they wouldn't even let her in the club because she was so wasted. Yeah. Don't get this drunk, ladies. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. My knees were up on my chest, and I was just waiting for it to be over and was blacking out, she said. Then another man came over with a beard and said... Can I have a go? And the first man says, that's a bit weird. The second guy says, once I leave, you can do what you want with her. The second man looked at me and saw I wouldn't do anything or stop it. He was over me and he was gone. I woke up on the grass, realized everything that had happened. I was on the grass and clicking and uh, clicking in my head all the snapshots leading up and ran to the gate. It was banging on the gate. And I told a man I needed help and to call the police. I don't remember how I got to the park. I don't know where my friends were. I was scared and confused. I now, do have to say, Vinny, mind if I cut in is a very odd thing to say when you witness a girl being raped. Mind if I dance with your date? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, also a funny response is, that's a bit weird. I think it's a funny response. I think what I would have said in that scenario is, I've got this on, but you go ahead and take the other on. That's fine. Yeah. There's two other holes. <laughs> yeah. So prosecutor, the prosecutor said that when he was questioned by the police, Mr. Roden said that, uh, quote, she had the time of her life. Yep. He said she was, quote, a slut, and she told him she had sex with strangers every weekend and was, quote, a twisted little slag. He also told police she is trying to stitch me up, insisting she physically pulled him towards her to carry out the sex act. She wanted it. Of course she did. She's having a grand old time. Drugs are bad. This guy's got 20 previous criminal convictions, including assault, theft, harassment, criminal damage, threatening behavior, and he's pled not guilty to raping the young woman. In his defense, he wasn't looking to go out and rape some girl that night. It's a crime of opportunity. Correct. Yes, it, it was presented to him. That is really a bizarre, bizarre story. Yeah, not good. Uh, you want to hear another story that's not good? Let's do it. Let's go to Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Back to Pennsylvania. All right. A 12-year-old girl's body was found in the basement freezer of a home, leading to the arrest of her mother's ex-boyfriend. Oh, boy. 39-year-old Jason Shackelford is charged with one count of criminal homicide. Police were called to the Wyndham Lancaster home on Friday for a disturbance and encountered a woman. Uh, The woman said she was working the night shift from February 8th and 9th and that Shackelford told her he kidnapped her 12-year-old daughter from their home. The woman explained she was going through a breakup with Shackelford, and, he had asked him to, and she had asked him to move out. Instead, 
when she was working, she got a text from him saying her daughter was sick in bed. Okay. When the woman returned home just over an hour later, she got into an argument with Shackelford, who showed her the daughter's empty bed. He told the woman he took the girl to New York and that she was safe. That's a fun way to get back at your ex, I gotta say. Kidnapping the daughter. Magic tricks? (laughs) Yeah, it's always fun. Over the next day, the woman said Shackelford raped her and then forced her to go to the hotel with him, where he used her daughter's well-being as leverage to sexually assault her again. Now, here's where he messed up. Oh, (laughs) where did he mess up? Yeah, no, so far this is going well, but what did he do wrong? First off, everything. (laughs) But then, to top it all off, he let this woman go outside for a cigarette. Oh, boy. And she went and found the hotel staff and told them to call the police. Now, when the police detained Shackelford and interviewed him on Friday, he admitted to raping and killing the little girl on Friday, February 8th, and into the morning on February 9th while the mother was away at work. He told investigators that he was attempting to conceal the girl's body in the basement in the freezer. Police found the girl's body during the first search of the home, and they did not identify the woman or the daughter. And as of Friday, police said additional charges may be filed. And the autopsy investigation is ongoing. So he hasn't been arraigned yet. But he like got her out of there, took her to a hotel. Like he was just trying, like he was just gonna go on the run with the mom, all while telling her that, yeah, I'll give you your daughter back one day to fucking try to keep her complacent and obedient. It's fucked up. This is a real rapey episode that we're doing this week, Vinny. Can we go back to talking about like putting pizzas on toilet seats and fun stuff like that? This is this is getting pretty disturbing. Yeah, well, lucky for us, that is the last story on the Scum Parade today. Thank goodness. Holy. Wow. Holy cow, folks. Holy cow. That's all I got to say. Whoop-dee-doo. whoop whoop dee doo whoop dee doo Now, uh, Carl, yes. that's the end of the show this week. We'll be back next week. Remember to go vote on our subreddit. Uh, support the show if you'd like to. We always appreciate it. Patreon, Supercast, and Back.By. Well, we're going to have a uh, bonus show this Wednesday at 11.30. Oh, shit. No, you know what? I got to talk to you about that. Okay. I'm in the studio on Wednesday. There'll be a bonus episode coming out this week. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, We'll do something good for you. Uh, Until we meet again, remember- Oh, no, you don't. No, no. Hold on. on. Stop that. I am around on Wednesday for our bonus show. Wednesday, 11.30 a.m., we'll have a bonus show for you. My bad. It's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia. Ciao, Bella. May your enemies be cursed in your podcast adventures.